The Logbox Crusade presents Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout because the podcasting world needs another movie review show. I am Jeff, also known as Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I am a movie lover. I have a very extensive collection of movies, and I am often surprised when I run into someone who has not seen a movie that I call a classic. To rectify this, I will sit down with someone, make them watch a movie, and then grill them about their thoughts and impressions. With me this week is my good friend Rick Heineken, who co-hosts the Unpacking the Power of Power Pack podcast with me. Now, Rick, I know that you have fallen on hard times lately and have been forced to live in the attic of the Longbox Crusade headquarters, so I wanted to bring you some joy and hopefully distract you from your troubles. Now, unbeknownst to you, I have started another podcast called Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, and I want you to be a guest on it. Something seems off. Um, what is happening... What are you doing here, and why, why, dear God, are you sitting in my chair? Well, because you lost that chair in a poker bet that was ill-advised, Rick. But I'm here to try and bring a little spirit and joy and happiness to you. Like I said, I know you've fallen on rough times, and I know we don't talk about this, but I wanted to invite you onto my show, and I wanted you to get a taste of like the outside world and some fun. Just get your mind off your troubles. But the hard times I'm on are is, is that you're in my chair. I thought it was a good bet, but, you know, deuces and eights, it could have worked. It could have worked. It could have happened at the flop. You don't know. It didn't, but that's beside the point. I, I I just don't know what's happening. I mean, seriously, this is weird. This is confusing. And 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 I worked hard on this show, and now it's yours? This doesn't seem fair. This is this is my show. That's right, Rick. This is your show. This episode is all for you, buddy. You grab onto that. You hold onto that rope of hope. I am, but you covered the rope with Crisco. Sometimes hope is challenging. Ah. I'll give you the rundown. There are movies in the world, and not everybody sees them. And I think that there's some movies that you haven't seen, so I was thinking, hey, you know what? This to get your mind off yourself. Let's watch a movie you haven't seen. And a movie that I don't think you've seen is Star Wars The Force Awakens. I've, I've, I've seen Star Wars Force Awakens. Yeah, I, 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 in fact, I saw that with you. <sighs> okay, uh, I knew I went and saw it with somebody. In fact, I bought you the ticket for it. Okay. Things are a little bit fuzzy on that. Well, let's try a different one. Um, I know you like spy films. Spectre. It's a James Bond film. I have seen that film. And I might have seen it with you as well. Oh, that's right. You did. Okay. Ant-Man, the original one. Um, yeah, you went and saw that with me too. Man, this is harder than I thought it would be. Well, that's the challenge of a podcast, isn't it? Or a movie review thing. So instead of those three, how about Dave Made a Maze? A movie from 2017 starring Mira Rohit Kambana, Nick Thune, Adam Bush, James Urbanik, and Scott Krasinski. I'm pretty sure you just sneezed there. Can you say the name of that film one more time for me? <laughs> Dave Made a Maze. Have you heard of this film? No, I have not heard of this film at all. That is a lie. I have talked about it to you before. In passing, maybe. But you see, I, I rarely listen to you, so... <laughs> Good point. That is, uh... Not uncommon. I ha I am a family man, so I know what it's like to be not listened to. So. 
No, if, if you've talked about it, I can't remember it. Of course, I have been doing quite a lot of these film shows lately, so I have been watching a lot of movies. So It's true. It's been about two years ago, I think, when I mentioned it to you as well. So Yeah, there's there's been a whole bunch of podcasts. There's been a whole bunch of things. There's been a there's been a pandemic in between then and now. So Yeah, there's been a lot of world that has happened. I fully acknowledge that. Dave makes a maze. Dave makes a maze. Now, I'm going to assume, since you haven't seen it and you do not own it, uh, ways that you can find it. If you have a library card, you can get onto the app called Canopy, which Mm -hmm. uh, is spelled with a K. And that is a excellent resource for a lot of different movies and documentaries and independent award-winning films. Oh, nice. Good to know. And that's a way that you can stream a lot of uh, films just with your library card. So that's a service you might not have known about. Also, the full film is actually on YouTube. So you could watch it on that, too. <laughs> I, I, I will check it out on one of those fine, fine platforms. No, I've never heard of this before. So I, if you had talked to me about it, it must have missed by me and I didn't decide to see it either. So I'm interested now. It is something that I think you will really enjoy. And it was made for about $17,000 and it grossed about $34,000. <laughs> All right. It is an amazing film, but so you know nothing about the film. Nothing about it. And that probably answers the question of why you have not seen it before, and that's because you have no knowledge of it. It's starting to feel a little bit like this could almost be on our Friday show, which is the Fan Film Fridays that Clinton Robinson runs with $17,000. Yeah, almost. (laughs) You will uh, delight in the budget that they've done and what they've done with it. Okay. I'm interested in, in checking it out. Okay, Rick, while you're off hunting this very fine film down, let's get into an example of what the film might be for other people who might not know it, and we will listen to the trailer. Hey! What the... Hey, baby! Welcome home! What is this? I built a labyrinth. Have you been working on this all weekend? Uh, I'm lost. It's cardboard. I know, but it's much bigger on the inside. Going into the maze. No! I don't want you to get lost! Okay, just ignore me, do what you're doing. Put some music over this, it'll be a montage, it'll be awesome. Can we go in the maze now? Let's go! Stop! Go, 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 go! It is bigger. Double. Okay, I think we're good. Get out of here! Ah! Dave! Dave! Follow me. Ah! Okay, I can explain it. I can explain everything. No, I can't. Instead of trying to defeat the maze, we've got to complete the maze. We're not just doing that because it rhymes. Well, then how about instead of trying to diminish it, you guys help me finish it. Oh! Yes! Yes! He's back. Dave is an everyman. He's a you and me. Well, maybe more me than other people. But, you know, he tries. He does things. He has interests. He picks up interests. He sets interests down. He never really completes anything. But one weekend when his girlfriend goes away for a couple of days, he 
again, after picking up many projects and setting them down without getting anywhere, starts to build a maze in, the, in his front room with cardboard and tape, and he makes a labyrinth. He makes a maze. And what fun is having a labyrinth or a maze if you don't have traps in it? So why not have traps? Why not have interesting rooms? Why not have a minotaur? But he makes the maze so big that he gets lost in it. When his girlfriend comes back a couple of days later and she sees that this little box fort is in the front room and they can start to have a conversation, except he can't get out. And anytime she goes, well, just come over here and she starts shaking it, it's like the entire world is being shaken. And so he says, just call my one friend. So she calls the one friend, except other friends get called too. And they all come over and talking to Dave until they finally decide to go in. And what they discover is that this box fort maze setup that he's made is, like the TARDIS, much larger on the inside than the outside. In turn, they find Dave himself, who, for the first time in his life, wants to complete something. He wants to complete this labyrinth, even though there are traps, even though there is a monster, there is a minotaur in this, ma in this maze, this labyrinth, that wants to track him down for who knows what reason. In traveling through, he gets to complete his maze, escape with some of his friends, and move on to his life. Of course, there's more to it that can go on with that as the Minotaur escaped as well. But that's potentially a story for another time. The story right now, however, is my young friend Rick. You have finally gotten to see this masterpiece that cost $17,000 to make and netted a grand total of $34,000 in the theaters. What'd you think? What were your first impressions? How did it match up with your expectations? The simplicity of it was quite impressive. Going into it without hearing about it, about knowing nothing about it, I I'd never seen a trailer, never heard about it before. You say you talked to me about it, I wasn't listening. So I knew nothing about this. I went in there blind. My wife and I sat down and we watched it completely blind. <laughs> I was just picking it up and trying to understand it as the movie went through. My first impression was, well, this is cute. It was adorable. It was almost a horror movie. It was almost a science fiction movie. It was quite possibly a real existential thought piece on human nature and human interactions. There was a lot of things that people were saying in the film. Some of them, I think they were shooting for a mark and they might have missed. Some of them, I think that they hit it pretty close to the center. My impressions just were, it was an amazing effort that I think they pulled off. I think that I'm not sure where any more money or any more effort on the part of the people who created the film would have polished this up. I think that it was something that needed to be a little messy in order for it to work. So I just, I think it was exactly right for what it was. Yeah, it. this was, uh, what was fun about this film for me was that it is a spectacle. It is very much along the lines of, well, you know, what does it mean? What's going on with it? And it's like, no, 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 don't worry about that. Just look at it. Just experience the world with them. What's the, you know, the entire story is a guy can never complete something. He finally completes something and then throws it into the recycle bin. Done. It, you know, it was just fun. It's a story. It's a story of relationships. If there's any theme that I could see in it, it was a story of relationships. If you try to think about how can this work? He, yeah. You're not watching it for the right thing. He built a cardboard fort that was actually a labyrinth. And it was bigger on the inside. And it was actually a living, breathing thing. Literally a living, breathing thing. Uh, if it was injured, yeah. it uh, would uh, have a reaction to it. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's a sp suspension of disbelief. It's 
you have to accept that in order for other parts of the premise to occur. What it really was about was that it was about the relationship that was existing between the main character and his girlfriend. It was about Annie and it was about Dave. That's who it was about. It was about their relationship. And I mean, Annie is the most patient person in the world. And I think that she is patient. I think she is patient to an extreme fault. She not only puts up with Dave, she puts up with yeah. Dave's friends. And I could kill a <laughs> lot of them. I mean, <laughs> there is there is very few of them that I would actually care about. The, the first friend that came over, he had some redeeming qualities. And I can even accept the fact that he calls up his other friends because let me tell you, I'm that guy in that situation. I'm like, yeah, let me call one other person. No, I'm calling everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling everybody. I'm, I'm calling this everybody. is ridiculous. My friend, you know our friend, he's stuck in a cardboard fort in his front room. You gotta come over. This is ridiculous. We gotta see what's going on. What about these foreign exchange people? Who cares? We met them. They just happened to be at a coffee stand I stopped at. I, I just said, anybody want to come see a man trapped in a fort? You come over with me. And they came with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that was Gordon. That was Gordon, who yeah, I spent Gordon. the entire movie going, he kind of looks familiar. And then I was oh, like, yeah. and then all of a sudden I realized this is Adam Bush, who from Buffy the Vampire's mm-hmm. fame, he was the leader of the Troika. He's the guy who got skinned by Willow. That's like, right. That was the guy. This movie is the king of hey, it has that person in it. <laughs> yeah. It has, yeah, it had Ambush, who was played uh, Warren Mears on Buffy the Vampire Slayer from, again, like Rick said, mm-hmm. yeah, bored now, rip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he killed Tara. So, yeah, there's that. There is James Urbanick. He was the documentary filmmaker person who yeah. is constantly, you know, it's just like, you know, I, tell me this, you know, sit here, face this way. And he plays Dr. Venture off of the Venture Brothers. The, the one that I noticed was Kirsten Vangsness as Jane, because I like watching Criminal Minds. And she is the computer tech from Criminal Minds. Speaking of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer connection, her boyfriend on Criminal Minds is played by uh, Xander. I just totally blanked on his name, but played by the actor who plays Xander on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So it's a weird little connection. But yeah, but Kirsten Vangsness, when she showed up, I was like, I sin, sin, we know her. Well, uh, speaking, well, you were saying computer specialist. Speaking of computers, there was a character that was a computer specialist called Chuck. There was yes. a TV show called Chuck. Did you recognize uh, Scott Krasinski? Oh, oh, Krasinski? oh. He was, he he was played Leonard. Jeffrey Barnes. Yes, 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 Chuck. yes, yes. That's yeah. where he, he looks pretty much the same. I, I couldn't, I forgot that he was uh, from Chuck, but I saw him. I was going, I know this guy. He plays yeah. kind of a sleazeball guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of people. What was funny on his character, too, he was almost like just off set uh-huh. almost all the entire time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is a, it, it's got a kooky little cast, but once again, it's like the cast just kind of filter in. Some of them work, some of them don't work. It's the things in the film that I think work. The entire setting of the setup of the cardboard box, the maze. I mean, when it first comes mm-hmm. out, it's very simple. They're in an apartment. It's a very simple set. They're in an apartment. They got this cardboard box thing here. And when they touch it, a whole bunch of things happen. And the cardboard box has a whole bunch of Rube Goldberg-esque things on the top. Smoke comes out. You know, the voice travels around from the inside. But when they go inside this, that's where kind of the magic happens. Because they walk inside. And it's like, it's bigger on the inside. Because they yeah. keep walking and walking and walking. Each room is different. Each room's got their own little things. And you have some of the cleverness in there. And this is where there's a lot of elements here that are kind of cool. The horror element that comes in where people die. People actually die inside, but they yes. don't die right. <laughs> they, 
die in the least goriest fashion possible, even in the goriest of situations. You say that, but it is incredibly gory because I, yes, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if it's worse or better because when people die, it is beyond fake death. It is like streamers of crepe paper come yeah. flowing out Red of somebody's crepe head. paper flying out. Somebody loses their head because there's 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 traps. There's there's you know pitfalls. There's things. There's you can't have a maze without traps. And when somebody trips a tripwire and it's just like, what's going on? I don't know. And then somebody's head gets cut off and the streamers start flying. It's not blood. It's red streamers. And yet at the same time, my wife and I are both sitting there like, this is grotesque. And I yes. don't know if it's better or worse. <laughs> it's Yes, it is. That's the thing. It is better and worse. It is amazing because they did so much with the budget they had. Again, they, sent, they spent $17,000 on this. Not to harp on that number. It is an amazing film for the money. It is, it is cardboard. It is, they make cards and playing cards and just these awesome rooms. This fa- it's, it's a fantasy horror film. It is amazing. The set design is beautiful because it is all cardboard and paper. And, yeah. and they do some amazing things with it. And it, I read some behind this scenes parts of it. They did a lot with building it, tearing it down, building it again, building something new the next day. Uh, yeah, I've got trivia on this. And one of those is that the movie initially utilized scrap paper cardboard from an American apparel factory in L.A. The producer thought they had more than enough to last the full length of the shoot. And when they ran out three weeks later, they found that the company was no longer willing to give them their scrap paper. So luckily, they were shooting next to a solar city, which was willing to let the crew dumpster dive for all the cardboard they needed. And then the vast majority of the cardboard was returned to those same dumpsters for recycling. The production did not pay for any cardboard. Yeah. Which is amazing. It's talk about a found set. They just took garbage to make their sets. But speaking of their sets, the studio only had enough space for two rooms in the maze to be built at any one time. So while one was being filmed, the other would be built for the next scene to be shot. And according to the producer, the average lifespan of a room was four hours. Whoa. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing that the, I enjoyed looking at the set almost more than I enjoyed looking at the people. That's very much the thing. I think the set was more of an interesting character than a majority of the cast. A majority of the cast I could I could I could have, I could have dropped. Most of the characters are just they they weren't even characters. They just, they were placeholders, they were fillers. They were uh there's the sound guy and there's the guy that sure. carries the camera and that's a documentarian and somewhere Dave doesn't pop they moved the story through. Yeah, a bit. they moved forward. They went to different rooms. Dave was there. The main character really was the girlfriend. Yes. You know, and she was Gordon's interesting. Got a beard. Whatever. Who cares? There were so many people that it just like it didn't matter. And honestly, you're you're there for the world. You're there for the environment. You're not for there for the players because most of the dialogue is terrible or just garbage. It's placeholder dialogue, but it works. It's fine. You're there for just the fanciful flight of fancy in this cardboard kingdom. And like I said, uh, the, the relationship between Dave and Annie is is fascinating because yeah. Annie, she's beautiful. She's she seems like she's intelligent. She puts up with him and his mm-hmm. friends, but you see that she kind of keeps she's having a an ongoing bet with herself uh, or, or deal with herself. Okay, this time is really going to be the last time. I, I'm yeah. not going to take this one more time. <sighs> Okay, maybe this is going to be the last time. And she's been going through this for a while. And you know that. It's 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 never said, but you know it. You really do have that feeling of she is 
at the end of this relationship and it's just kind of petering along at this yeah. point where she's like, I might be done. I might have gone away for this weekend to kind of get my head straight just to go, is this a relationship I want to be in? Am I done? Hey, honey, love you. I'll see you in a couple of days. And then when I come back, you know, it, it's you can yeah. kind of see the internal dialogue going, I might come back over the long weekend and then be like, you know, Dave, we need to have a talk and you never want to hear that. And you can yeah. see that that's kind of what's going on. But she comes in and it's like, why is there cardboard in our front room? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I made a maze. That's great. Come out. Well, I can't. I can't. Well, this is ridiculous. And now I've got to suffer through this part, but then just to kind of go in and, and yeah. And it's just like, she's rediscovering the wonderment and magic that this character Dave has where she has to go through what he built. So yeah. And and it's it what he built is part of the discovery of the relationship. There's beauty, there's terror, there's his own fears. The maze is him. I mean, like I said, the, the creators of this film are saying something. They are mm-hmm. saying a lot of things. The, the maze is Dave. Dave has built every all of his fears, all of his hopes, all of his dreams, all of his failures, all of his successes. It's all in the maze. And he's finally found something that works. But the maze is also designed to never be finished. Yep. That's what the theory behind that maze is. But in that order he for, could just keep working and working and working sure. on it. You're right. Yeah. But but the idea is is that his in order for him to have the successful relationship, in order for him to be successful at something, and the thing that he wants to be successful at is a relationship. He needs to actually complete the maze and end this and and be done with something and solve the problem and actually have the relationship that he him and Annie want to have because they Mm -hmm. both want to actually have the relationship. I mean, there was a weird scene where they were doing the drinking of the wine and that's the part where it's like, I kind of saw what they were doing there. It's like they were redoing this entire thing of drinking the wine and toasting each other. It's them trying to say goodbye to each other. This is the end. This is the beginning. This is our ongoing. We're stuck in a loop. Yeah, because they swapped they swapped parts. Yeah, they swapped parts. Yeah. It was very deep, but at the same time I was going, eh, you're reaching for something that you might not actually get with this film. I mean, yeah. you know, you're shooting for the moon and you got a budget for next block. So mm-hmm. <laughs> don't know what you're doing there. But yeah, it's it's a Gen X film. It's it's the I may finish this, I may not. Yeah. Well, it's also uh, very Gen X, just in millennial, even in the sense yeah, of, kind of, you know, you know, where Dave is talking, he's like, you know, basically he's, he's broke. He's like, I have to beg for jobs that I hate to, to get money that can't support me. I'm 30 years old. My parents still give me cash. I have nothing. You know what it means to be broke? It means to be broken. Yeah. You know, he's basically saying, I'm a broken human being. I can't be whole. I can't complete anything. I can't afford to complete anything. I can't afford to live the life that I want. I can't afford to give you the life that I want you to have. I'm broken. I can't fix this. But I can make a maze. I can slap tape on cardboard and make something gorgeous and beautiful and whimsical and magical. Yeah. And I don't want to end that, but I need to, but I don't want to. Because to end it, he has to build the heart of the maze that can be destroyed to tear the maze down because you can't tear it down externally because it shakes the world that they're trapped right. in. Yeah. The character that I may have had the most problem with because she was vital to it, but she was annoying was Bryn. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Bryn and Greg. Yeah. Well, Greg is nothing. Did I, you I, recognize I, Greg? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Greg is played by Timothy Nordwind and he is the bass player for OK Go. 
As soon as I saw him, I'm like, I know who you are, but I can't think of your name, but I'm going to find out. Yeah, so uh, a, a musician is in there as well, because why not? Yeah. Well, yeah, but th- but they play the yuppies. Yeah. And, and, th- and that's their role until Bryn dies, and then Bryn mm-hmm. gets eaten and taken as part of the machine and the, becomes the voice of the maze. Yeah. Becomes a puppet for the the maze or the minotaur, or right. it's so hard to tell. There's a lot of stuff here where you're just like, you're this, but I don't know what this is. Yeah, there, there was... It was probably the creepiest part, too, because Bryn is, I mean, Bryn is like a cardboard puppet, a cardboard puppet. She's a, an, yeah, she's a human, humanized cardboard puppet speaking in Bryn's voice. Just Winning one, high hey, five. just come close. High five. High me. five. High five. High five. You don't know what's going to happen with a high five. A high five is pretty innocuous, but is it? But you because don't want to touch it because it's creepy. Oh, it's a trap. Yeah. It's Admiral, it's Admiral Atbar. He's saying, it's a trap, it's a trap, it's a trap, it's a trap. It is. It was 100% a trap. There was so much <laughs> things there Mad that Max were a saying, trap. That's bait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, it, she's, she's a creepy character and it's very, they're saying a lot. They're saying that the maze wants to become more human, but they don't want it to become that human. Even though they're giving it a heart, they don't want mm-hmm. it to become that human. They don't want it to think. They don't want it to be. They, they just want to end it. Once again, every time you get, every time the film moves off of the relationship between Annie and Dave, that's where I think that the film just kind of, <clears throat> I don't know what you're doing. And I know it's, it's very highbrow. And I know you want to say something, but it's not coming through the static. Yeah, that's well. That's the thing is in saying it has something it wants to say. Well, what do you want to say? I really want to say something. I want to have a message. Yes, but what is that message? (laughs) It is the message I want to give to you. Yeah, but what is it? Yeah, it it, the message in it is really just like this is an amazing cardboard spectacle. This is the story between Dave and his girlfriend and. How they're kind of like refining each other and yeah. you know kind of now, kind of taping now, together not to say their, I don't their cardboard like relationship. All the ancillary characters. Um, I think you need all the ancillary characters to make this work. And you know you have <clears throat> the the annoying yuppies who do end up getting killed, and you applaud that. You're like, yay! I don't like them. I want them to die. Uh, you you feel a little bit of sorrow when Jane yeah. dies because Jane's actually seems like a good person. You need Gordon there because mm-hmm. Gordon and the girlfriend. They're the friends. They're the they're the glue, and you yeah, and you need Gordon there to be the sounding board yep. off Annie they're until Dave shows up. Uh, the film crew are fine because the film crew is the, the they are the they are the audience. <laughs> they're along for the ride and the comedy relief. Yeah, and comedy they, relief. Yeah, they're there to they're there for the exposition. They're comedy relief. They're exposition. They are there to be the they're the fly on the wall. They're the unobservant observer. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just that when they try to make more out of the secondary characters than they are, that's where it's like, ah. Yeah. Well, uh, let me just hit you with another bit of trivia on this. It, when Annie and Gordon first enter the maze, they pass through a curtain made of playing cards. All of the cards in the curtain are sixes and sevens. To be at sixes and sevens means to be in a state of confusion. And that is a lot of this. It is confusion. Yeah. There is, what's going on? What does this mean? Why is this here? What's going on? And it's... A lot of the answer is it just is. Yeah. Dave made a maze. Yeah. And you know what? There it's, you go. It's 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 the extended scene from uh, Galaxy Quest where they're going to the heart of the ship, <laughs> and the room is just 
It's the, ridiculous. The hammer room, the this smasher. Was the, the hammer room. This episode was poorly written. <laughs> Why did Dave build this? The 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 big mouth that mashes with all of the 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 trash. It's almost like a trash compactor. I thought it was like well, a Star a reverse Wars trash ripoff trash right compactor because it is very much the mouth from. It's a D and D module basically. It yeah. is the Tomb of Annihilation. You know, and it is just this maw that opens up and breathes out. You know, paper. It breathes out. You know, package patching pa- packaging paper. You um, know, just the the stuff you put into. Oh, I'll wrap my glassware to put into the bag. You know, it's just it's blowing papers out every time it you know it closes its mouth. It opens and it exhales out more paper, and it's just in this room filled with paper. So it's it's very much like you were saying the trash compactor room because you're like, well, what's below chest level in this? Because up in the balconies, observing like you know the old men of the Muppet shows are two basically kind of pterodactyl birds. Made of paper, mm-hmm. just watching, and like one of those little attack. Yeah, it's the origami birds, and then like the sound man, I think, has uh, an origami bird that travels with him for a while. It's like, yeah, they mm-hmm. escaped that room, but a bird came with him, and he's got a bird buddy that's made of paper. Whatever, who cares? There's a part where they go down a slide and they come out as sack people, which was great. Which was absolutely great. It's like that made complete sense. Why did that happen? They are in a maze with traps in a cardboard thing. Of course they go down and they, they fall into a trap and they're in the paper sack dimension. Yeah, they're sack lunch puppets. Being chased by a sack lunch puppet uh, minotaur. minotaur. Because <laughs> why not? It's their Muppet moment where they can just go, this is creepy. This is crazy, but also creepy. But also who cares? Run down this other slide. Now we're people again. <laughs> Again, take me back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is an Angel ripoff. There's a there's yeah. an episode of Angel where they become puppets, where they become Muppets, and it's just like it's the most adorable version of, of Angel. It's and like creepy. That was done by Ben Engl- England. England. Yeah, yeah, that's the right. The tick. From the Tick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's there's a lot that's in the movie, and it's it's fun. It's silly. It's goofy. It's non consequential. It's a film made by people who love film. Yeah. I, I can I can honestly say that these group of people they had an idea and they said we're going to sit down and we're going to make it happen with a shoestring budget with as much free stuff as we can get away with and I think it's kind of adorable and I'm I'm kind of sad that not enough people have seen it I yeah. think that this is something that is enjoyable for people to see and that's the thing about it it is this amazing piece of cinema which. How much weight does it hold? Not much. It's ephemeral. <laughs> how much, you know, how how Oscar-worthy is it? Oh, it's not. But nah. it is, it's this flight of fancy which lifts my heart. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, what could you quote from it? The, what does it mean to be broke? Uh, you know, what, what's a fun bit of dialogue? There's barely any fun dialogue in there. It's like, you know, where's the beard? The beard is on my face. Where's the beard? The beard is on my face. The beard's on my it's, face. You know, it, it, that's kind of one of those like inside between friends jokes that's like, oh, we can put that in a movie. No, this is dumb. This is nothing but... The, the, the thing I say, also remembering that this is a family-friendly podcast, is you don't want to put your hand in there. No. Um, there and, is, one and, of the traps is a bait one of the trap traps, that just... One of the traps is a bait trap, and it's it's exactly what your mind might be telling you you think it is, very, and it's exactly that. Yeah, and it's, it's very flowery, <laughs> wow. very tulipy, very... Very, very, yeah, it, very. It, it, we'll leave it, it there. It just draws the eyes with the motion and the lights, and you want to reach it draws, in. Draws, draws most people's eyes. Most Some people, they're eyes. like, they're like, why are you looking at I'm that? I'm not so I interested in this, uh, <laughs> yeah. this 
folds of paper, so to speak, <laughs> this curtain of cardboard that you want to reach in and touch. Because if you reach in and touch, as Dave did, whatever you touch with comes back as a cardboard appendage. Dave now has a cardboard left hand because he reached in with his hand to touch the trap. I'm trying to remember, at the end of this, did he still have the cardboard he hand? He did. That's right. Which is did. crazy because they let, you know, at the very end of the film, they get out, they, you know, they, they're in their front room. They, you know, they eat, you know, the maze has collapsed upon them and the characters that have survived are able to, you know, they, they pull off some cardboard from them in the room and then they come out and then they take the cardboard and they take it to a recycle box and they go dump it. They make the one comment that, that uh, somebody needs to call up some people and tell them that their friend, that so-and-so has died. Yes, because... But there's nobody. Yeah, there's no bodies. It is because they died in the maze and are recycled now, I guess, or something. Again, there's a lot less cardboard at the end than there is in the making of it. Yeah. But yeah, and, and then the, the Minotaur, who is a very jacked man, uh, <laughs> but has a cardboard Minotaur head is now in our world. <laughs> That's because he is a professional wrestler. He is. He also was on an episode of uh, Survivor or a, a season of Survivor, like, the, I don't know, uh, David's and Goliath's or something. I stopped watching it at that point. but I clicked on that one. I was like, of course he's a professional wrestler because he looks like yeah. a professional it's, wrestler. It, he's a beefy boy. He's in very, very good shape. And that's what you need for a Minotaur is yes. a beefy, beefy boy with much definition and apparently a cardboard cow head. <laughs> This movie would win Cardboard Kingdom Awards. I don't think it's going to win any other awards. The The characters are fairly flat. The di- the dialogue is fairly meaningless. Mm-hmm. The special effects are all cardboard, which is amazing to me. The yeah. effects are amazing for a cardboard budget. Unbelievable yes. on that. It's just, it's this, it's, it's a spectacle that you're watching where... It yeah, you know, it doesn't hold a lot of weight, but it sticks with you where you're like just like, Hey, have you seen this? And the people that have seen it are like, I love that movie. I don't think anybody that I know that has seen Dave Made a Maze uh has said like, Oh god, that's garbage. I hate it. Just dump it in the recycle bin. Don't even put it in the recycle, that's trash. <laughs> no. P- here's what people say. You go, Hey, have you seen Dave Made a Maze? And they say, Oh my god, I love that film. And that's yeah. about the end of the end of the conversation that you have. It's Pretty just much. you see a thing, you love the thing, and that's what this film is. And I wanted you to experience that. I wanted you to share. I appreciate that. it. I, I, this was an experiment for us, for me and my show. Cause I was like, okay, I've done this with other people. I know that a few people wanted said, Hey, we should turn the table on you. And I said, that's not a bad idea at all, but I got to give it to my co-host Jeff to start it off with, because <laughs> I, I want to find more films like this that I haven't seen and that people can expose me to as well. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. You are very welcome. Well, uh, at this stage, let's rate the film. How many full bags of popcorn would you give it? No halves. Keep in mind, no halves. So, one to five, how many bags of popcorn would you give this film? Only my name or Joe November. No, I I gotta start with three, because three is the middle of the road. And this film is definitely middle of the road. It definitely does not go below a three. The question is, is does it make the four? It's not going to make a five. This is not a perfect film at all. But does it have that little extra oomph to make it over middle of the road? Like you were saying, the dialogue, the characters, they, I mean, the, Annie and Dave are great. Uh, Gordon's pretty darn good, too. The rest of them are characters, if anything else. Dialogue, eh, it's fine. They've got lofty ideas that they don't meet. But nothing is offensive. Nothing really 
really hurts the film. It just doesn't meet a lot of its potential. At the same time, the special effects are out of this world. The you can tell that the cast is giving it their all. They like what this project is. They they want it to succeed, and they're all willing to give it that extra effort. I gotta go with a four on this one. I think that this is a great film. I think I don't think it's a perfect film at all. I think that this is if you're looking for something that you can sit down and enjoy and just have a lot of popcorn with. I think you you could go worse than this film. I agree. I fully agree, and I think a four is a fantastic rating for it. I absolutely love it, but. I also love it for its flaws, which are plentiful, but the the core of it is beauty to me. So, again, that was Dave Made a Maze. And now let's plug my guest on my show, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout. Not Rick's, mine. <laughs> so, Rick, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Well, I, I do this show with uh, one of my co-hosts who is also made of cardboard. And that would be Jeff. And we do a little show called Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Uh, besides that, you can also find me on this show whenever I get my chair back from him. And you can sometimes find me and my friend also on Her, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. We sometimes drop in some comments on Rogue Agents episodes of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at mmuckabout or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with Mr. Discreet Brown Paper Mailer himself, Rick. If you would like Aww. to... <laughs> <laughs> That's how that feels. <laughs> That's how that feels. How do you like that? I made you a name, Mr. Discreet Brown Paper Mailer. If you would like to be on the show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at jeffandrickpresent, all one word, at gmail.com. And thank you to the Longbox Crusade Network for letting Rick live in the attic of their headquarters and use their Wi-Fi so that he can listen to the show. And to their sponsor, Omaha Bound, who is on a one-year hiatus from binding, but they still have other products to buy from their website. And to the Longbox Crusade members who help support the network. If you would like to support this network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. Grab the popcorn and pull up a seat for our next episode. Music for this episode is Fall Back by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N 99.